The DNVR Rockies podcast is brought to you by Green Mountain Dental, the best family dentist in the entire Denver metro area. You got to check them out. Just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver. They'll treat you like family. They'll take care of your teeth. They'll make sure that you have the absolute best possible dentist experience that you can have. And they'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam today. Don't delay. Don't worry about all that dental stuff you normally might have some anxiety about. They are the absolute best longtime supporters of DNVR. So that means when you help them out, not only are you helping yourself out, you're helping us out. A win-win-win situation. Head over to our friends at Green Mountain Dental. And go in the air, deep right center go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers. Watch it go. Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use promo code DNVR20 for you first-time users to get 20% off. DNVR25 for you second-time users to get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer, Patrick Lyons, and on this show, we have the official DNVR Rockies predictions for you. That's right, it's very official. This is serious business here now. We got, we got to put this stuff down so that the people can hold us accountable. So at the end of the season, people can look back on all the stuff that we said was going to happen and laugh at us because that's not what happened. And it's we're so confident, too, in our predictions that we're going to do it here a full 72 hours before the official start of the season on opening day. I mean, wow. Right. Amazing. Amazing. Basically a magic trick. Uh, Before we can get into all that, and actually one of the things that, that very sadly is going to impact some of those predictions, something that happened since last time we were on air that we do need to discuss is of course the sad news about Scott Oberg, uh, the blood clot issue coming back up again, just this, total freak thing they really thought they had gotten it with this kind of experimental surgery before and you know that that it came back up Patrick and and I was in on the press conference this morning uh, with Scott and and him talking about all the ways this has impacted him and his family and personally this obviously just a very tough moment for the Rockies community and and he thinks second about you know, wins and how this impacts baseball and, and, and on the field stuff. And just he's, he's been such a great ambassador for the game of baseball and for this team and and just a great human being, just person to person, as, as both you and I have gotten to know at different times uh, individually talking with Scott. So this is just brutal, brutal news. It sounds like he hasn't totally let go yet of the idea that he still might pitch again, uh, but he's also not thinking about that right now was the other indication we got today. So you just have to send as much positive energy you can to the Obergs uh, 
uh, for now and you know, say thanks for everything. Yeah, just just heartbreaking because we were all ready to welcome him back on, on opening day on, on Thursday where he was going to play his first game in about a year and a half. It was, it was August of 2019 that he got into official regular season game. Even just seeing him back in spring training was like, okay, all right, he's gotten through this. It's it's over and done with. I mean, maybe when he gets to Denver, there could be some altitude issues and the fact that it's happening now, you know, at, at relative sea level and in, in Phoenix area, it, it suggests, yeah, there's something much larger going on uh, with him, unfortunately, and, and you just want him to be healthy. You know, to, to us, he's, he's a ball player. He's Scott Oberg, you know, exquisite, you know, relief pitcher, closer, um, guy who was there to get the final out at, at Wrigley Field in 2018 for their last wild card win. But at the end of the day, he's a regular human being who has a family and is just a is a regular dude. And so he's gotta he's gotta be a regular dude for a while before he can be our dude. Right. And it's and it's heartbreaking because he he wants to be a part of this team and he wants to go out there and compete. I mean I, I'm not a professional athlete and I like to compete. Today I today I consider right. what Drew and I are going to be doing kind of competing against each other where we're not going to agree on things. And I want to know, oh my pick was better than Drew's. But ultimately that's that's not our job. That's what right. Scott Oberg has been doing since he's been a child. He's been able to live that dream and to now kind of have that dream be almost plucked away from him. That's something that's beyond his control is really what makes it just so devastating. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's pretty rare. I've been doing this seven, eight, going to this, going into year eight now, um, eight years. And it's pretty rare that you have these press conferences where, all of the kind of walls between journalist and athlete, you know, sort of writer or commenter and subject that's being commented upon, all that stuff just totally went away. And you really did just hear uh, colleague after colleague, Thomas Harding, Patrick Saunders, Nick Groke, Owen Perkins, someone who we've not uh, mentioned, I, I don't think before on the show, somebody we absolutely need to have on the show. He's a great, great guy. Um, you know, and 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 Owen was actually one of the ones that struck me the most because consummate down the middle professional, nothing to do with, you know, the team, the way some of us are maybe more attached because we we follow them day to day. And, and Owen kind of covers both teams back and forth. And he even kind of had a moment that's getting me emotional now just thinking about it because he's such a seasoned veteran. And he, he just went, you know, Scott, I appreciate you as a person and all of the time that we've spent together. I was like, damn, dude. This is intense. And so it's like to see that veneer drop today was like, wow, this guy. Yeah, it's it, it it goes beyond all of the things that we talk about all the time on the show. And that's a huge point time that we shared. And obviously anyone listening to this, you know, feels like they've shared time with Scott Oberg, which is why this is going to hit fans, you know, so so hard. Right. Um, but yeah, those that are on the same team as him, it's it's not just guys you have in your fantasy lineup where you go, oh, Scott Oberg's name goes beneath Herman Marquez's name, and then those guys just rack up stats. Like they <laughs> right. spend time yeah. together. Like they they spend more time with these guys during certain parts of the year than they do their own family. And so obviously you you learn things about 
those guys and you you have those special memories whether you win or you lose at the end of the day you're you know you have a job and you have a dream and you have this thing that you do together and you're all kind of pointed in the same direction yeah. and and all of those guys have shared that time with Scott Oberg um, not just as the the athlete but as the person and so yeah the athlete always you know, needs to come second. And, and I think that's pretty much what we've, we've seen the outpouring on social media is people recognizing like, yes, here is that person. Like we, we wish him nothing but the best. I think that's going to be the case. Uh, and it already has started shifting with David Dahl, which we talked about this off season, this idea that if we time out and take a step back from fandom and, and critiquing the Rockies, you almost want what's best for David Dahl is to be, to go somewhere else where maybe it's a better situation for him physically. And you say that's that's great for him as a person, and I think, you know, seeing him do well will will be a great representation of that. And so it's it's just it's heartbreaking to to know that the future is so unknown for Scott Oberg. Maybe maybe Daniel Bard's legacy will be, you know, planting a seed for Scott Oberg of like, look, it's it's not over until I say it's over, and maybe yeah. it's going to be over for five years. Maybe he doesn't pick up a baseball for five years. Who knows? Well, maybe because of the success Daniel Bard has had, Say maybe Ober goes, you know, I had this teammate of mine once that did this thing, and maybe I can do that as well. Do you either remember or know the name Josh Renicky? Yeah, I believe he was a reliever with with the uh, with the Rockies, and he, he ended up playing in the KBO the last couple of years. And okay, yeah, really so. Well. So you've got a couple of, right. You, you've got, uh, so I, I was going, we did the, the Denver sports podcast last week was about the worst teams in franchise history. I was going back and looking at some of these clubs in uh, 2014, uh, just trying to figure out, you know, what made this team particularly or especially bad. And you know how I'm into all the ERA plus and OPS plus now and using those more as guidelines than I used to, especially back in 2014. And coming upon that name, be like, wait, their best reliever that year was Josh Renicky, a guy I was like, I remembered him being on the team. And I remembered he was decent at one point. But he had this like fantastic season in 14 when the rest of the team was just awful. Uh, but he was great out of the bullpen, right? And then within two years, he was out of Major League Baseball. He couldn't get a job. But he goes to the Mexican League. And pitches there and wins a championship and like powers that team to a championship. And then as you talk about goes to the KBO a little bit, he was pitching in Chinese baseball, I think just this last year in 2020 before getting here. So Josh Renicky, who like last was decent in major league baseball in 2014 has not yet retired. You're, you're muted. But. 2012. 2012. Okay. So I was even longer and 14. Yeah. So it was even earlier. It, but he's not yet retired. Like he could make a comeback. But yeah. those are yeah, you never know, man. Chance. This game—it's a beautiful game. It is. No, it it really is. And Oberg is still going to be, you know, a part of the organization. Like he is the the team team rep. So right. obviously, it's going into this this off season, um, there, it's a big deal with the with the CBA expiring and and this this chance for maybe a player strike or a lockout by the owners. We, we just don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be a big one. You know, they're, they're two Rams locking horns and, 
And it always seems to be that way. But this year, there's a lot riding on it a lot, you know, for the first time in, you know, 20, 25 years since the last strike, essentially. And so Oberg's still going to be a huge part of that. So, you know, again, his legacy on the field might be taking a major timeout, but his legacy within the game in general is still going on. And so, yeah, we just got to keep our fingers crossed, send some positive vibes the Oberg family way. I'm with Will. Get Scott Oberg into the booth with his cat. Uh, you know, when when he's up to it, when it seems appropriate, we will, of course, invite him to come on this show. Uh, he's just he's a phenomenal person to talk to and to talk baseball with and to do any of those things. So we will be toasting our Breck Brews of the day. Your Celsius out there. Got my Hot Peak IPA. Got to get those uh, fancy schmancy Celsius if you're trying to cut out the carbs. I, I need to get on that a little bit. I feel like the yoga and the, the IPAs are just like it's just I'm breaking even at best. With those two things, if I switch over full time to the Celsius, then I'm probably making a little bit better progress. You can get 15 can samplers of either. Try them out. Absolutely. Highly recommend. You know, it's a good company. Hard seltzer. Yes, I'll say right now. A good company. If you're wondering. Good company. Hard seltzers. Breck Brew. Damn good beer. Damn good seltzers. Make sure you get yourself stocked up. I do want to see hard seltzer Creaseman. Creasy mm. seltzers. I, I want to see that. I imagine you attending say, a lot more. What's that more. flavor? I, I don't know what your yeah. flavor would <laughs> be. Enough. That tastes Fair a little enough. bit like Drew. Um, but I just imagine you getting oh, into the hard, hard seltzer game and just going to a lot more concerts at Red Rocks, maybe growing your beard out, you know, putting right. some rubber bands in it, really just embracing even more of the hippiedom uh, that you already experienced there in Boulder. I, I could I could totally get into that, man. I could get into that, bro. And it starts <laughs> with, with Breck Brew, believe it or not. That's right. Uh, one of the ways I'm a little less hippie than I used to be, though, I'll tell you what, paying a little bit closer in, uh, to how much I'm paying on insurance turned out it was too much. You're probably paying too much on insurance, too. You got car insurance. You got house insurance. And you're probably paying too much. The good news is you're less than 10 minutes away from fixing that problem entirely. With no hassle, our friends over at Gabby will get you all hooked up. Go to gabi.com slash DNVR. They'll check totally for free. They'll hook you up with quotes from all kinds of insurance companies, letting you know exactly how much you're going to save. The average customer, it's over 960 bucks a year. Eric Weedham and our company saving over a grand. I'm at 480, but that's just on uh, car insurance. So AJ was like, over a thousand too, I believe, yeah. wasn't he? Uh, no, AJ was a little lower. There was oh, no, he else was, who below was over us. a thousand. Right. Yeah, there was somebody else who was over a grand in the company too. But I do think that's because like Eric insures like he's got a car and house, and he's got uh, like a scooter thing that he rides around and all that stuff. So, uh, and he was paying way too much for. And those insurance. things add up, right? I mean, if you're just paying a little bit more than you should on yeah. each of those things, that ends up adding up over a year, over a couple years. And yeah, Gabby.com/slash/DNVR is going to look out for you so you can save that money and. And do with it what you please. Your own personal stimulus check. Thanks to Gabby.com. There it is. Gabby Stimmy. (laughs) These are just some of the fantastic deals that you get by being a member of the DNVR family. But that really isn't all. Last one for you now. You know you've got to get signed up for the DNVR.com right now. Now is the time. We're less than a week away from the start of the baseball season. The Avs and Nuggets are about to go on wild runs. We've got written content for you on the regular. I'm working on some 
big honking articles right now. We've got, you get a free shirt. You get discounts on masks and shirts and hats. You get bigger beers when you come down to the DNVR bar. And right now we'll hook you up with a free holistic stick from Holistic Wellness. H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K. Holistic stick. Go to holisticwellness.com. Check out all of the reviews. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Recovery 10 milligrams of CBD gets you nice, feeling settled, feeling centered, feeling smooth. And then you got to check out all of their other CBD products. You can use promo code DNVR30, 30% off at Holistic Wellness. But again, they'll just send you a sample if you become a member right now. That's just free stuff we're sending your way. Come hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to to try some of these supplements, you know, from everything that I've been using with Strava and everything from Holistic Stick, uh, Green Roads. Like it's 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 making a small difference because I've just only recently started. But once I start supplementing with a lot of supplements, I'm really looking forward to see what kind of benefit it has on, on my workout routines and just general overall health, reducing anxiety, sleeping better. Right. I think that's yeah. one that you've mentioned. We kind of sleep a little bit better. You don't get the jitters. It's gotten to the point and my, oh, and I guess I, I haven't said this on the show yet. I was about to use a word and I had to correct myself. I was about to say my girlfriend, but that's not the word anymore. No. My fiance. I feel very fancy in French when I say that now. The accent is on the, the final syllable. It's the fiance. 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 <laughs> um. But she, she's gotten to the point with the CBD. She gets the, uh, she's got gummies and uh, for sleep and there's some for relax. And, and she noticed, she'll be like, oh man, I didn't sleep well. I was groggy. I didn't have my gummy last night. I remember it was like, and she'll just, she just notices the difference. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've been there for a while, but she's recently got, oh yeah, this CBD stuff. And you may need that more than ever right now to help with your sleep. <laughs> When we start talking about the 2021 Colorado Rockies. The 2021 Colorado Rockies, who apparently don't teach their players how to step on bases. I'm not, I'm not, look, that was the silliest quote I've ever seen. Uh, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I'm sorry, Nolan. And I know what he meant, but if you're a major league baseball player and you need to be taught how to step on the bases when you're running around, then you, then come on. Yeah, that, there's that definitely was... something lost in translation, even though he's speaking the same language as the question. <laughs> it does make right. you think, like, the Rockies could have had a couple like, extra years of Larry Walker had they signed him, but they identified he doesn't know how to run bases, and we're not obviously going to teach him that. <laughs> so you know what? Go to Montreal. That's we'll wait for you to become a free agent, that, and then we'll sign uh, you. So, yeah, we're, that was really an interesting quote. But, yeah. Uh, however, Rockies, third baseman. Believe it or not, the Colorado Rockies do know how to run the bases. They do know how to swing the bats. They do know how to throw the ball in the general vicinity of the plate. And so we, Patrick, are going to try now to predict what's going to happen when they do those things. Well, I don't know if we should start with wins or if we kind of end up <laughs> there after to that? Yeah. answering all of the questions. That's the thing is once you've said the other stuff, isn't it kind of clear? Well, yeah. We'll build up to it. All right, let's build up to it. All right. Where do you think they're gonna finish in the NL West? Now, some of these there's some of the there are some numbers floating out there for some of these things, others not. They're kind of tied in many ways with 
the Giants, but but the Diamondbacks are kind of right there too, a little bit more as as a favorite. But so they're tied for about fourth, but also leaning a little closer towards last place in the NLS. Do you see that happening? I will say still that they finished second to last. One of those teams, the Giants or Diamondbacks. And that may even be because they more successfully later in the season figure out how to purposefully tank or whatever. Um, but mm. uh, I, I still think that the the Giants sort of get away with being sneakily very bad for a while now. Uh, they, they, they were a nice story last year, uh, but a 60-game sample size, they really didn't do much this offseason. Um, I like Mike Yastrzemski as much as the next guy, but uh, I don't think you can you can carry a team for a season. I think or, the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I think the Diamondbacks are maybe more likely. Like mm-hmm. I, if if I was picking futures, I think I'd rather have the Diamondbacks in the next couple of years than the Giants, just because the Giants are so old. I mean, um, seven of their eight regulars are over thirty years old. Like that's crazy, and. If you take that one starter out, I'm trying to, I can't remember off the top of my head who that is, but like they're, they have an older team, but that also says if those guys can stay relatively healthy, like they're going to scratch away a couple wins just with their veteran leadership. So I think in that way, I could see them coming in third and, and the Diamondbacks are very similar to the Rockies in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so I'd be more inclined to see the Diamondbacks would come in, in fifth, but uh, I, I am going to, I am going to pick Colorado to, to come in fifth. I don't think it'll be by too much. But it'll be it'll be enough for for a last place finish, no. and it doesn't really matter if they're fourth or fifth. It does not. To be no. honest, I mean, it does no. matter for their their draft position, and in sure. a weird way, again, and and this is a conversation I'm sure we'll have all year. Like, if, you know, if you're going to lose, don't you want to be good at losing? Isn't it better to be in last place so that it helps your future better? We'll talk about that all season long. Yeah. Um. So I I I'm going to say fifth place. Right fifth now. in the NL West. Fifth in the NL West. All right. We we talked about this once before. Was Let's Logan Webb the pitcher you were looking for? Uh, no, but he's well. He's one of the guys in the starting rotation. I think most of the guys in the rotation are also thirty or more. Yeah, that's the other piece. So you got the the starting eight, and you got the rotation as these older yeah. guys. And right, and and as you said, Drew, you know they could start trading away some of those for for some yeah. prospects, and they start going lower and lower and lower. They could also see the Giants wanting to hold on to those right. guys. Uh, yeah, for whatever reason, they're 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 weird like that. Um, all stars, how many how many guys are going to represent the Rockies this year in the All Star game? We talked about this in the past month, but let's yeah. see if maybe well, it's, it's, a little bit. it's definitely changed since then because I think the last time we talked about it, one of the guys I was predicting in the All Star game for the Rockies, true, the Cardinals now. Uh, hmm. So I will say, I'm actually now. I think at the time I said four. And I'm going to say two now. Ooh, okay. I, I was thinking you were going to go three. Just subtract out. Just get rid of the, the one guy. I mean, team success plays a part in it. Um, True. I've always been a believer in lineup protection as as a real thing. Uh, it's it's one of those hotly debated things amongst uh, traditionalists and, and stat gurus and all of that. And I, I think the evidence there is pretty compelling. So the chances of a guy like uh, Ryan McMahon or Brendan Rogers sneaking into the all-star game because the team is, is competitive and and they're hitting a bunch of home runs or something seems much less likely if, 
even if Rymack gets off to a great start and he's on pace to hit 35 home runs this year, uh, if the team is just awful and Story's making it because he's Story, and I, I do think that one of those pitchers, that's the other, remember at the time, so I had Arenado, Story, one of the young guys between McMahon and Rogers, uh, and then a pitcher. I don't know that it'll be Marquez. Freeland is still in that mix, so it's going to be much harder now with him missing the, that first month. John Gray, Antonio Sensatella, all guys that I think I, I wouldn't be shocked if they do it. They just need to, you know, do it. Daniel Bard also look out for, for that as a possibility, especially now that people are really into the story. If he's starting out great again, which he looks like he is, people might, you know, there was no all-star game last year. So they might, let's, I mean, that's what that game is for, right? Stuff like that. Doesn't, don't, doesn't the baseball world want to come together and kind of celebrate Daniel Bard a little bit? So I'd probably lean towards story and Bard as my two with Marquez uh, also in the mix. I've changed my mind twice in the middle of you, you talking <laughs> because I'm realizing that like guys get injured too. So there's like the initial uh, all-star team, right? And you go, right. ah, they only got one guy in. Then someone gets hurt and you go, all right, well, the seventh best reliever in the NL is Daniel Bard. So, okay. So now we need Daniel Bard because so-and-so is injured. I, I'm going to go two. I'm also going to say two. It was either between one or two, but I, I think it could be two. Um, I, you know, story, you go, all right, potential to start as a shortstop, but Francisco Lindor doesn't even need to be better than Trevor Story, and you know he's going to be the he starting shortstop. He has to be in New York. Yeah, he'll be there. Right. Charlie Blackman has a chance. If, if he's, you know, yeah. normal, he could even potentially even start because, you know, that's – He's also People one of those are, guys. He's a fan favorite. Yeah, we. I think we forget a lot of times that that first round of all stars is now. We're we'll see how it goes this year. We're a little bit older. I'm dating myself now, but you remember back in the day when you'd walk into the ballpark and they'd hand you the card and you'd sit down and you'd just look at all the names and people sitting down in Minnesota and Cincinnati and Oakland and when they look at the names, they go, oh, Charlie Blackman's dope. You know, they don't. It's it's just everybody knows and loves Charlie Blackman. They know he's been good for a while. So even if he's not having the best first half, he could be a factor. He'll get votes, you know. Yeah, I th- I like two. I I feel a little bit better uh, good. about two. And I don't know if you if you saw this, but there's even been some discussion about the All Star Game possibly being moved from out of Atlanta, uh, yes. Georgia. Uh, which oh. again could be a topic for another day, but I find that to be an interesting wrinkle. I don't think, know that that necessarily impacts that pitch now. the roster, oh, um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna say two. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with two. I, I think and, there's a there's a chance and move the game. And there's gonna be two. Talk about that later. There'll be two, and then there'll be no snubs. It won't be like two, and then uh, maybe right. two other guys. It's gonna <laughs> well, be two. This could have been. No one like, got snubs. Those were the only guys. All right. Uh, who's going to have the highest wins above replacement? And we'll leave this vague because we know B-War and we know okay. baseball reference and fan graphs are a little bit different. So it gives us a little bit of flexibility. I was going to say, what happens when we get to the end of the season and your guy – It allows us to double dip. It allows us to double dip. This will be more for fun. Brilliant move. Who leads for pitchers in war? Are you ready? Are you Are you sitting down? Are you prepared? I think so. I think I'm ready. Antonio. Ooh, he did it. Sensatella. Senza's that, out for it, man. Is it? Uh, I think Marquez 
needs another couple of weeks to get the handle on his fastball. It hasn't been there this spring. And when you don't have your fastball, stuff gets weird. Now he's had velocity and movement, but he keeps putting it either right over the middle of the plate or, or he just doesn't have command of his fastball. You need command of your fastball. He'll get it. He'll be there. Um, and I'd love to be proven wrong about this. I'm, I'm going the opposite of, of where I went on Marquez last year. I'm, I'm directly issuing a challenge to Armand Marquez, who is the most talented pitcher in this rotation and should, by all rights, be a perennial member of the Cy Young conversation. Um, but he's got to want it from beginning to end. He's got to come out and do it the entire time. He can't get taken out of games. He can't give up on games. He, you know, he can't be protected if there's any kind of injury and Bud Black and the organization go, let's hold him out a little bit. This guy's a part of our future where Sensatella, I still think is a guy you ride with who is out for blood. He's going to get all the innings. He's coming for it. This is the year of Antonio Sensatella. It's good. It, it's, it's not as much of a stretch as it might seem to be because Marquez is the favorite and that's who I'm going with, but it, it's certainly not a stretch, especially when you look at just how good Sensatella was last year. Um, it would, that was the only year that he was a, you know, he had a higher wins above replacement according to baseball reference than Marquez, even though Sensatella had a very good, you know, rookie year in 2017, but it was, you know, 2.8 to 1.7. So it very well could happen maybe even just by a hair, because as you said, Drew, uh, if Marquez is still kind of searching for command of his fastball in April, that could, um, shift things. So it's, it's a very shrewd pick. I, I, I yeah. do like that. Marquez has I'm his contract. Sensatella has got to earn his, you know what I mean? Like, Sens- I just see some, like Sensatella is so damn determined right now. I'm loving everything I'm seeing from him. Mm. All right. So now on the offensive side, what hitter has okay. the most wins above replacement? So this is also, yeah, I feel like this goes hand in hand with another one of our questions. <laughs> it does because the chalk is Trevor story. Right. And I think Trevor he's story head and shoulders the, the best player the question. If he stays on the team the whole year, it's Trevor story. There's nobody else to pick. Yes. I'll say Ryan McMahon. All right. Were you looking at my draft board? <laughs> Oh no! Did I did I steal that one out from underneath? Because I think yes. Story gets traded. And I don't. So that's the thing, and and that's going to come up, and we can talk about it now. Oh, I don't oh, think Trevor Story is going to be traded yet. I'm not going to pick him because I love this. That's the strategy I use: double dip. I don't put all my eggs in one basket because if Trevor mm. Story stays around, you're wrong on the trade front, right? And you're that's going true. to be wrong as far as war. So I'm going to do a little column A, <laughs> little column B, which is why Ryan McMahon. This is the counter so, move. So he, all right, so here's the question. Let's kind of go back half a step. So we both think Ryan McMahon, possibly because Story gets traded. Um, why not Charlie Blackman? I would say for me, I think the defensive metrics could hurt him yeah. a little bit. Yeah. You know, we saw some holes last year. We also know if McMahon can hit enough home runs, I think that's going to you know, help his value. Also, he's starting the season at second base. So that extra bit of pop over at second base is going to play up a lot, little, a lot nicer than it yep. is over at third base versus first base, which probably hurts his, you know, quote unquote value and wins above right. replacement. Right. Tapia, still not sure. Also has those defensive, you know, question marks around him. Right. Defensive metrics say, are really? going to kill Tapia and he doesn't have enough power. So WRC plus and OPS plus aren't going to give it to him. That's right. I do think Tapia is going to have the best all-around season of anybody, but by WAR, could no. it's it's, yes. it's WAR is never going to like a guy. 
Ichiro Suzuki has a career 109 WRC plus. Like it, the those stats are never gonna love those guys. So right. um I thought the same thing about Josh Fuentes, because if he moves over to first base, right. his right. overall value yeah. tamp yeah. gets tamped down a little bit. Is he gonna hit enough, you know, extra bases in order to be effective? You know, if uh, you know, part of the part of the equation of of war is you know, drawing walks and stuff. So that's going to hurt him. The fact that he might strike out maybe a little more than average, he might walk a little bit less than average. So that's going to hurt his value, even if he ends up hitting something like 315. So that, that all of that is in play. And I think you could make the case for any number of candidates. Yeah. But going with the odds, it's, it just seems to maybe be a little, a little bit higher, maybe in McMahon's favor. And another thing on Mac that I don't know that I've brought this up too much. It's it's been a couple of years because I haven't really thought about this, but he's always been kind of streaky. I, when he was a, a not a rookie um, before that in the minor leagues, when he was a prospect, that's the word that was escaping me. I used to compare what he would do offensively to Carlos Gonzalez a lot because I would follow him in the minors, and you would see those big strikeout, and and he would go for two or three weeks in the minor leagues, hitting two sixty. And he had that whole year in double A where he just didn't hit well and he was striking out too much. But when a guy would make a mistake, he hit it to the friggin' moon, right? And then he would go on these absolute tears like Cargo used to, remember? And the the craziest one he ever did was actually in triple A right before he made his debut. Ryan McMahon went absolute bananas. I think he slugged a thousand for like a month. It was, it was, it got, it was nuts. He had more RBI. I think there was a point he had like 35 RBI in 30 games. And you're like, what is this guy doing? And what he's never been able to do at the major leagues is go through a slump because he's never been the guy yet. And then come out the other side of it. He's had basically one rookie year where he struck out a little bit too much, but he still hit some home runs. He was kind of finding himself, right? Then his next year to build on that, 60 games, no chance to slump and get hot and slump and get hot. None of that, you know, imagine cargo in a 60 game season. That's what we got from Ryan Mack last year. But I think he's got legitimate cargo at the plate capabilities, that kind of home run power. He's still going to strike out like and cargo did as well. Uh, but at the plate, that's who he is. And if he, if he's given an opportunity to get on one of those hot streaks at the major league level, I, I think he's going to do some stuff. And I'm okay with even saying he can do that without lineup protection. Now we, we've seen him bat second, so you go, oh, he's ahead of Story and Blackman. That's that's going to bode nice. very well that's for fine. him. Um, but in 2019, his first real breakout season, he was not at the top of the order, right? He he was doing a lot of damage batting six and seven uh, with nobody batting behind him. Again, kind of the new kid on the block there. Uh, but still, I, I I think there's a good chance now. We, we touched on it here, this idea of, of Story getting traded. That was going to be one of our questions. Yeah. You think he will get traded? I do not. So I, why yeah. is that? Um, now, whether he should I, get traded or not is a separate question. We're talking about does yeah. Dick Monfort and Jeff right. Reidich sign off on a trade of Trevor yeah. Story this season? Right. Yeah, I, I think Dick Monfort would sign off on a – trade the same way he signed off on a trade of Matt Holiday when it was clear they weren't going to be able to keep him around um, in a similar but totally different way to the fact that he basically orchestrated the Nolan Arenado trade because he thought there was no way out you know this will be 
a Monfort decision and it'll be up to Breitich like it was with Arenado to just get the best that he can. Um, you know, the return will, will, will be what it will be. But I think once it's clear, he's not sticking around. Um, I do think that conversation will be had at one point just because it's, it's again, it's how they did business with Holiday. It's how they bi- did business with Tulo. And once they kind of realized, okay, these guys don't want to be here anymore, if that's the case, uh, we'll move them out. Will it be executed? Well, totally different question. But yeah, I think, I think Story will be traded. Um, or he'll sign a big, long extension. I don't think they'll just let him run through the end of the season, just become a free agent. Uh, and I think it's very unlikely he signs that extension. So, trade. I think we both agree that letting him just play out for the rest of the season is the worst option, right? Like versus mm-hmm. trading him and seeing if you sure. get something. All right. right. So, so we're on the same page with that. Um, however, I, I, I think they're going to do that. I, I think they may be very worried about the PR hit that they've already suffered. And I think in their minds, because again, uh, I think we're learning a lot about how they think about things. And again, we, there's no way that we know, but seems like we might be able to make a, a decent guess that, you know, the the lesser of the two options is still not that bad. You still go and, and you get a, a draft pick next year, assuming that the CBA um, still plays out the same way. You put a qualifying offer on, you say, hey, we offered it to him, Trevor Story. You know, he he chose he was the one that said no. Yeah, right. He was the one who said no. And again, we're talking about Dick Monfort, owner of the Rockies, who is the the lifetime owner of the Rockies. So there's a there's a big story at play. We're not talking about the 2021 team, and then the implications of not trading story for prospects for 2022. Oh, yeah. We're talking about the history of the Rockies franchise and maybe trying to correct some things in the PR department. And it's for that reason I think it's just going to be easier to keep him around. And I, and I think they're going to maybe make that mistake and and not trade. They're going to start caring about PR now. <laughs> no, I get. I totally get. <laughs> I, I totally get what you're saying. I think that's a perfectly reasonable. I I think that to some degree they you do see that happening, right? right? Yeah. 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 Totally. I do think there's a part of me that that just the way they've conducted themselves lately that goes like, what do they give a damn about PR? <laughs> it's just like they might have kept the best third baseman in baseball if that was the case and just dealt with their drama but I, i'm with you i i do think that's actually kind of a 50 50 proposal right now whether they it is it so it's it yeah, really is yeah. and, it, and it almost shouldn't be which is is a shame and maybe we'll get to why that is with another question like you yeah. you should have you should have a focus in a direction right and it should be somewhat obvious like you either in extend theory. him or trade him oh, yeah. not the third option um right Let's let's tease it, it unless you've got you've got something to read. Does John Gray get traded? I don't think so. Um, I think that right or wrong, they have decided that they like these pitcher boys. <laughs> to put it as simple as possible, they 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 like this group of of starting pitchers, and that whether it be for what they can accomplish or just for seeing it through they're going to try to find out about these guys. Um, so the other thing is I just don't think, and I, I've said this many, many times about John Gray before, I really don't think the rest of baseball values him fairly. I I, I would submit that two-thirds of the other teams in baseball see John Gray as no better than 
a three, four starter. And, you know, fair enough to some extent, but I think because of that, other times this has come up and, and people have offered the Rockies things for John Gray. It's always been way, way less than what they believe he's worth. And quite frankly, what I believe he's worth. And so I think that's why it's always had a difficult time coming together is because there's a, a very wide range of opinions on who John Gray is really. And that makes it difficult to get a, the right trade partner together. I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but I, I think your analysis of it might be off. I think publicly, and again, not even publicly because it's behind the scenes with the trade offers, they're offering up the Rockies like, look, we're going to offer you basically what like a number four starter is going to make because look at all the risk and look at this and look at that number and you send them to the minors and some injury concerns and man, his numbers are a little inflated here. That's what you you have to do in those negotiations is kind of lowball. But I think secretly there are teams out there that very much value John Gray and that if and when he does become a free agent, they will make an interesting offer. Now, I think he has to prove himself a little this year to kind of earn a certain contract. You know, he could just get, again, guys aren't getting even three-year deals uh, as starting pitchers right now. So I think right. even if John Gray has a solid season this year, maybe even above average, he'll get a two-year deal with a third-year extension, something like that. But I think you see that. I think you would see a lot of teams going after John Gray. It's just that when they've negotiated with the Rockies, they're like, look, we're not going to show our hand and, and we're not going to overpay because you know there is maybe some risk, but we got to play hardball with these guys. And uh, bottom line is I, I also don't think he's going to get traded. I think there there is some hope that maybe they can re-sign him, whether he has a good year or a bad year. You know, Gray might get those one-year offers out there from other teams, and the Rockies might be able to get a little bit of a hometown discount, or maybe they're counting on that. Like, you know what? This guy, you know, even if he has a, a good year, an average year, you know, there might be a team out there that offers him one year, $10 million. They really, like, stretch their budget, like, since since that's, um, you know, a, a pretty good price for a starting pitcher in, in this market. And the yeah. Rockies say, we might be able to get him for one year, eight mil. So you know what? Let's go ahead and trade him because what we're going to get back from him is like a number four, number five starter type, you know, uh, return. And that, frankly, that's not worth it. Let's just roll the dice and take our chances to see if we can bring him back. And and maybe if he does really well, they do, you know, spend some money on him because frankly, they've got plenty of it going yeah. forward. They don't have a lot on the books. So all of those things definitely line up. We're in agreement there. I don't think John Gray does get traded this off, yeah. this, uh, this yeah. season. Yeah. If you think you know what's going to happen this season, by the way, then you got to head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the absolute best sportsbook app for you who like to put a little skin in the game, like to make it a little interesting, like to put your money where your mouth is. Uh, it's getting hot out there with all the preseason predictions. You think you know who's going to be MVP, who's going to hit all the home runs, who's going to win Cy Young, who's going to win their division, who's going to be in the World Series. You know you think you know the answer to all these things. Well, let's put it down. Let's put it down on paper or or, or digitally, really, because it's, it's on your phone and that's where you do it. But there, there's all kinds of fun stuff to bet on, whether you're getting ready for this baseball season, you're still in to the college basketball situation, uh, you're ready to bet on some NBA or some NHL. They've got you covered. And right now, with March Madness going on, you can turn $1 into $100 if you use promo code DNVR and you pick 
the winning college basketball team. That's $1 into 100 bucks if the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the win with code DNVR for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I know you want some good MLB bets, and we'll get to that, but I don't want you to have to wait to cash in in October or the end of September. No, no, no. Let's get something a little more current. That's why my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week is kind of a doozy. I'm picking the underdog UCLA to defeat number one, oh, Michigan. Now, UCLA is go. plus 240. And I, I mean, I love Jawan Howard. Um, I, I love that that Michigan team. But I really think there's something special about that UCLA squad that I, I did not have the guts to to pick them to even beat BYU in the first round. Yeah. But I thought if they do win, I think they can run to – the elite eight and here they are and they're going against Michigan. And I think because the payout is so nice, I think you got to take that plus two forty. my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week, UCLA, the PAC 12's UCLA Bruins are going to get the job done and defeat those Wolverines. Wow. Wow. Patrick, that is, you know what that is? That is a beefy, beefy pick. <laughs> Sorry. Beefy. Sorry. beefy. And, my favorite place to get beef, my only place to get beef, the home of the best beef in the world is Hassle Cattle Company. They got Wagyu beef, which basically means free range, taking care of none of those antibiotics and hormones and all that nonsense. Absolutely delicious beef that I have gotten 100% positive reviews on. Not a single person has yet gotten back to me and said, Drew, this stuff just, just wasn't worth it. And part of the reason why that is, it doesn't break the bank. Most of it's not any more expensive or maybe a, by a dollar or two than what you might get at the grocery store. Some of it's actually cheaper and they got promos all the time on like the ground chuck and the ground beef and the hamburger patties and the bacon the kind of stuff that I get all the time. If you're a fancy steak person, they got you covered there too. If you're a medium steak person, you, you just want a, a nice little chuck steak. Man, all of it right there for you. You can get 10% off and use promo code DNVR10. And you get free shipping if you get over $200, which I absolutely recommend if you've got the freezer space. It's uh, it's just delicious stuff. Yummo. Delish. Yum Can't go wrong with that. All right. What's our next thing to predict? Let's talk about a home run leader. So this kind of, you're going to hedge your bet and say, I mean, Trevor's story is obviously going to be the chalk. Yeah. Who do you think is going to hit the most home runs? on the 2021 Colorado Rockies. I'll start, I'll start by saying I did think CJ Crone. That was my first thought. Oh. That was my initial thought. My initial thought was, was CJ Crone because he can mash. But then when I looked at his overall career numbers and, and some of it had to do with, you know, health. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, you know what? I, if, if everything goes perfect for him, I think he can hit 32 home runs. I think, I think he can hit 35 home runs. In fact, um, but I'm, I'm a little bit worried. And at the end of the day, if Trevor Story only plays half a season with the Rockies and gets traded at the deadline, he could still hit 30 home runs by that point in the end of July I and leave this team, too. which would be, again, great for PR. 
You're like, wait, so the guy who led the Rockies, the team that is known for hitting home runs, is the guy that wasn't even on the team for the final two months of the year? That's so Rockies. Is that a thing that needs to be a hashtag? uh, Hashtag that's so Rockies. That that was a thing a few years ago. Yeah. Well, it went away for a while when the team was, you know, competitive and stuff. When they weren't so Rockies. Yeah. So I'm gonna actually go Trevor Story. I think I think it could be that's a good pick. Trevor Story there. Even if he does get traded. I thought I thought about the same thing. I thought about taking him, even though I have to double down on it and, and go with Rymac. I love um, it. I love if, that. If, if I'm playing out this season in my head and and stories getting traded and Rymac is kind of emerging as the guy and, and he's putting up the the war, I'm gonna need him to hit some home runs to get there. So yeah, I'll go with that. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm all in on the Rymac train this year. That's where I'm at. I like it. No, that's that's solid. That's solid. So then, since Again. we're talking about home runs, there's there's a tier of home runs. There's 40 home runs or more, 30 or more, or 20 or more. Is anybody going 40? Is anybody hitting 40 this year for Colorado? If Trev stays on the team all year, he could get there, obviously, right? And then Mac, I think, is the only guy who really does – Crone, like he would have to stay healthy and it would be a little bit surprising, but even that, like, doesn't he have 39 home runs on his resume? So even then, you like, you can't say you're totally shocked if CJ Crone. I think 30. That's why I was surprised that 30 was his highest. Okay. Uh, So yeah. I was surprised. Yeah. I'll I'll say no. I'll say nobody hits 40 home runs for the Rockies this year. I agree. I don't think anyone's going to hit 40. Does anyone hit? Well, 30 or more, how many guys? I, I think you almost have to assume that the, the team leader is going to be 31. I don't know that it, they've ever had a season where they didn't have somebody hit at least 30. Maybe. Maybe yeah, maybe one there is 28, 29. Actually, I, I think one of those teams, because I was just looking through some of those bad teams, was one where Cargo led the club with like 24. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I want to say 2012, because 2014 was a really good offense. So 2012 was just a terrible crap-ass team, and I think – Cargo led that club with like 22 home runs and a WRC plus of like 122 is their best hitter. Um, I'll say two guys hit 30 plus home runs. I think story gets there with the Rockies, whether he's traded or not. Like you said, I think he's just going to go blisteringly mad. Um, and, and Mac obviously is the other guy. I'm going to take one. I'm, 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 I'm really playing the odds here with, with all over the place. Cause if story's still around, thing you go there's probably going to be two so yeah. i'm just going to stay say with one how many hit 20 or more home runs this is where maybe the number gets a little big or maybe not because who are those guys i mean you gotta you gotta pencil in blackman for 20 or more right i think i think so Crone, i think 20 or more mcmahon 20 so. or more story even if he gets dealt even if he gets dealt 20 he'll hit more. 20 home runs so those are four guys down. right there does diaz have a huge year behind the plate no, nah, Diaz 20? doesn't have 20 homers in him. Hilliard could. Hilliard has 20 home runs in that bat. Does he make enough contact? That's right. Um, Toppy doesn't have 20 home runs in him at this point in his career. Not yet. Fuentes, I don't think. Fuentes doesn't have that yet. Does Colton uh, Welker get called up maybe by ooh, early May? And Brandon Rogers makes Brandon his Rogers return after back. a month. And I'll say... So I've got Stowe and Mac. I gotta add Crone and Blackman. And I'll say one other guy. I'll say five. 
And I don't know if it'll be Rogers or Hilliard. Those will be my two leading candidates. And obviously, you know, Hilliard's the long shot there, but it's, I could see him, especially if he just starts getting run and, and, and starts off hot or whatever, having one of those seasons where he hits 230, strikes out 250 times, and hits 26, 27 home runs. You know, he's, he's a lot of power in that young man. I think I think the story of the Rockies this year is going to be how well things uh, if they just didn't this or if things had just just broken their way a little bit different they could have ticked off all of these boxes in a, in a losing campaign but still you could have had so many so I think you'll have maybe two or three guys maybe at that sixteen plus number um, so it's it's for that reason um, I'm, only, at 19. <laughs> I'm only going to say I'm only yeah I'm only going to say three guys hit twenty all right. Which is, which is on the low side. On that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, does anybody get 20 wins? Any pitchers get 20 wins? No. Okay. No, definitely not. Um, does any pitcher get 10 wins? No, we're not answering yeah. that. No, no, of course. <laughs> I like your answer of like, well, uh, we should. Uh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm uh, not putting that on the official sheet. There should be at least three guys with 10 or more wins. Or should, should that be one? How many guys get 10 or more wins this year? This will be interesting. This is what yeah, I think right? will be funny about this team. I will say four. I'll, I'll take three. I'm going to take three. I think, you know, obviously it, it doesn't it doesn't even require perfect health to win. No, not games. really. That's How right. many did, did John win in, in his awful season? You know, didn't he get to like nine wins? He might, he might have even gotten to ten. Let me, let me look really quick. But, yeah. Uh, he sure did in 2018 when he was terrible. Right. He went 12 and nine. <laughs> but the <laughs> he team the was winning a lot. So that's well, the thing is that's the that's the if the pitchers are good on a bad team, they still should right. be able to win 10. But if right. you're bad on a good team, you can win 10. You good good on a bad team. How many do you need? Yeah, how many of those wins right. are gonna get lost? Uh, you know, I, I don't think the bullpen's gonna be super terrible, but the offense isn't gonna be there. The only bullpen I, question yeah. I have is, does anybody have 30 or more saves? Yeah. Yeah, because the Rockies are going to play a bunch of close games, and, and the only games that they're going to win are going to be, you know, those those hotly contested. They're going to need saves in them. So, yeah. I'll say, I'll say Bardo gets 30-plus. Uh, All right. Sound reasoning. Now, I'll tell you this. So I, I just did some quick research. I was like, all right. The Rockies have had nine winning seasons. They've also had 10 times where someone has 30 or more saves. So you go, coincidence? I think not. There's obviously a strong correlation between being at 500 or more and having 30 or plus saves. However, I went back and looked, and of those, very quickly looked it up, of those nine seasons where they were at 500 or better, uh, only three of the time, only three of those seasons did they have 30 or more saves. So six of their 14 seasons below 500, they actually had 30-plus saves. And yeah. most of those came in since the turn of the century. So all, uh, I think it was nine of those 10 times came since 2002. So it's yeah. like, it doesn't really matter. It's just, do you have a guy that could do the job? Yeah. And yet, I'm going to say no. Even though I pulled up all this evidence to go, all the well, evidence actually, probably, the probably, but I just think again, there's going to be enough things that are going to be just left of center, 
and are not going to go the Rockies' way. And for that reason, I'm out. Oh, no, that's a different game show. <laughs> different one. All right. Not Rock Tank. Yeah. All right. Well, the, the two other big ones we have to discuss is does Jeff Breidich get fired? And, and actually, we should specify, does it have to be before the end of the season? I was going to say. Or could it be before like, the winter before meetings? Before the start of You'd have to season. do it before the winter meetings, you would imagine. Or it could even be, and that's what's hard, too, because with the CBA, theoretically, Moffert could just wait for the other shoe to drop until the CBA. And then you yeah. go, all right, we're going to make a change at, at, at GM in, in March or something of next year. But I don't think you would want to do that. I don't think you'd want to do that. No, I'll... I'll say Jeff Breidich is not the GM at the start of the 2022 season. I don't think he's going to get fired in the middle of this year. I could see it happening. Um, Part of me feels like he oversees whatever happens with Trevor Story. And once that's done, he's gone, whether that's being fired after the trade deadline and he's traded him or they let it play out and he just goes on and his his contract is expired and we don't hear from him for a while or whatever it is. I I, I think this is the last year of of Jeff Breidich as the Colorado Rockies general manager. All right, I'm not I'm not gonna touch that the idea of what's gonna happen in the offseason because a lot a lot's gonna happen this year, Drew, right? But I agree right. I don't think he's gonna get fired at any point during this season. I mean, I think there's a chance, you know, you, you could just kind of slip it in three days before the end of the season, just as a, a, a what have you. Yeah, I, I don't know, maybe. Before the end of the season or before the end of the Rockies season, right? Like, is what if the Rockies are out of it and other teams are playing postseason baseball, could they announce it during that time? That's a, that's a good detail they to specify. Don't. But now I have to specify something for you. Are the Rockies still in it this season right now? Because <laughs> I would suggest they're not even in it. So right now is the off season. I, maybe that doesn't correlate, but yeah. they're not in it. They're they're not in it. So I mean, I don't think it really matters. You know, is it is it June? Is it July? Is it August? Okay, now they're officially at September. They've been eliminated. I think that's maybe when that will be the first time it, it maybe starts to happen, but. Ultimately, yeah, I think we're kind of on the same page. It it doesn't happen. And I don't really know what benefit there would be to make that move, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, doing it now in the middle of the season, like whatever, it'd make fans feel better, I guess. It'd be some – the one scenario yeah, are... I could see unfolding is kind of like we talked about. They trade Trevor Story because they have to. And then to save some PR on the other side of it, they say that was the last move of, of Jeff Breidich, and they fire him at that moment. Or he resigns. Like, let's or, not even yeah, split yeah, yeah, hairs because yeah, 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 it yeah. could be a resignation situation. I mean, whatever. Sure. Is that a T-shirt? Yeah. Resignation situation? A resignation situation. Um, so as we as we kind of agreed, like, there's nothing a GM is, is does during the middle of a season that goes, oh, that's you should be fired for that or let go. And in many ways, at least with this team – you can probably say the same thing about manager Bud Black. Yet, there are some out there that think that he might be on the hot seat. And typically, that is the case when you think about a team that's just losing. Sure. But 
No. When you look at the roster and you say, well, hold on, Bud Black didn't make this roster, isn't necessarily fair, but it right. should be discussed. Does Bud Black lose his gig at some point during the season? No. I also agree. I don't think he will. He doesn't, he doesn't deserve to. But at, no. at the same point, you got to usher in a new era, maybe a young guy, maybe, maybe someone who's extremely analytically based or, or maybe not at all. You know, I think Bud, Buddy is is right there in the middle where obviously yeah. he's not going to turn down new information. You know, he jumped on board with all the rap soto and all the new technology and stuff. So he's that he's a great blend of new school and old school. But if you go, hey, look, we're kind of changing direction a little bit. You know, Buddy maybe wants to go and, and win a, uh, another championship at some point. So he might appreciate, you know, being let go or having the opp- opportunity to resign, go be a pitching coach somewhere else. Who knows? But ultimately, yeah, I think he will he will not be fired this year yeah i I think that would be remarkably strange in fact i i think at some point the conversation will start to transition and and i'm actually writing about this right now you know as the colorado rockies are ending an era and starting a new one and i've kind of gone back at their history and looked at all the different sections that you could kind of consider an era in rockies history right and sometimes those transition from one to the next isn't quite as clean as it is at other times. And and this is one of those times where, look, this era is over. The Rockies just haven't necessarily fully officially recognized it yet. And they still have this one last like Trevor story decision to make, but the era is, is, is over whether that happens or not. So the question transitions from, Who's going to be a part of that next era? Because there are key pieces. I'll, I'll give you an example from the article, right? Todd Helton was obviously a key member of the, the Todd and the Toddlers era that ended up taking the team to the World Series. But he was also a key member of the beginning of the Cargo Tulo era. So we are exiting the Nolan Charlie Trevor era. The question is, does Trevor actually stay along to be a part of that next era, does Charlie? We know, obviously, Nolan's not going to be a part of it. And then you ask, how about these other people? We were talking about John Gray earlier. These pitchers, are they a part of the next era or not? And Bud Black, I think, also sits right at the center of this interesting question, right? Jeff Breidich, I think everybody agrees. Just please don't be a part of the next era. That's where people are at. And I, and I think that's actually the most likely outcome. I don't think he will be a part of the next era. Bud Black is a far more fascinating and interesting question. Should he be a part of the next era? Can he be somebody who sees this team through this very tough transition and out the other side of it with? Does he want to? And does he want to? Could he get a better gig somewhere else? I think that'll be a really fascinating question as we move forward. You walked right up to the precipice, right up to it, Drew, because you talk about the era, right? And, and, the era, you know, 2017, 2018, first time franchise history, consecutive postseasons, fantastic. Arenado's gone. He's he's the number one. He's the head uh, of of the snake of, of that whole thing. But you still have behind those memories. I mean, people are coming to the ballpark and they're excited to see Trevor Story, Trevor Blackman. So when you think of the Colorado Rockies and you think of that era, who's still around? Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman, Bud Black. Now, Bud Black's not selling jerseys. You know, he's, he's not the, the guy that everyone is going to the ballpark to see, but he is still part of that, that institution of 
Rockies winning baseball. So in a weird way, I think by firing Bud Black, that could also be this potential, you know, PR disaster. Nothing to the level of trading story, nothing to Arenado, none Still, of that. But I think he right. represents, he's now become this thing. He's not just, well, he's the manager and, you know, you can make him the scapegoat or you can thank him for his time. I think in a way to there, there's a, a good portion of, of Rockies fans that identify like, you know, it's, it's story, it's Blackman and it's Bud Black, not exciting, not an exciting part, that last piece, but Bud Black is a huge piece of yeah. that era. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As I was writing about it, you know, it's tempting to say, uh, Hey, they, they put these offensive pieces together. They had no pitching. And then all of a sudden here comes John Gray, Kyle Freeland, Herman Marquez, Antonio Sensatella, and they could compete. But what did all of those rookie pitchers have? Manager Bud Black, a pitching guru who was able to foresee them through all the ups and downs that each one of those names out of my mouth has experienced so far in their careers. And, you know, they're still trying to reach their apexes as all those guys are coming into their physical primes right now. And so, yeah, I, if it was me, you know, and obviously we're long past the idea of why well, this has not, not been running anywhere close to how I would do it. but. Uh, yeah, it, it, I would clear out the GM. I would bring in a, a team president, a new GM from outside the organization. But I would make a very serious offer to Bud Black. I would try to convince him I've got an idea about how to turn this thing around and, and, and build around particularly these pitchers and say, you're the guy. It's going to be rough for a couple of years, you know, but there's no one that we want teaching our young guys through rough years more than than Bud Black. And I and I really do think he's great at that. And I I would want to see him stick around. And I'll be very curious to see what happens. I I really don't know. I don't and know where he's at on that. I don't think he hates right. working with these young guys either, Patrick. It's gonna be no. fascinating. No, and, and it wasn't just that he's a a pitching coach, um, but he had firsthand experience in the NL West in San Diego. So, yep. you know, it'd have been one thing if he goes and, you know, wins the world series with the angels, um, which, which he did in 2002, but it's that he also had that experience of, of what it was like for guys to be at Coors field and, and having those expectations. So he really, he was the perfect fit for where the franchise was at at that time. And I, and I think once we get to that next era of Rockies, you know, winning Rockies baseball, he won't be there, but he can, as you said, help, in that transition so i think it really would be a, a shame in, in a lot of ways i i don't know i couldn't even create a you know creative creative player create a manager i wouldn't be able to create a manager that i'd want to you know be at the helm of this team since right i don't now. necessarily know they have have, yeah. have a focus other right. than saying hey we value starting pitching okay well then bud black still should be your guy so totally it, it would be that would be uh that would be a bad move. That would be a shame it if, would they, be. if they parted ways with him. So we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Is that our last one? That's, oh, that's our last well, one. I had a bunch of other quirky man, ones. We gotta, we'll, we gotta we'll, do... ha we'll have to get to those. We, we did have in, in the chat, again, make sure that you're you're joining us on, on Periscope. Will the Rockies ever have a lefty ever again in the bullpen? <laughs> I mean, yes. Yes. You're not putting a time limit They'll on it. They'll have two different ones within the first month and a half. I'm not going to be so bold thing. as to name a time about. frame. I'm just going to yeah. say ever. Yeah, yeah. ever. Yeah, like, well, ever, ever should be. Yeah. Uh, we, we do have to do win total, Patrick. 
Oh, we we, we built up to it. We, uh, I was about to start uh, and I forgot. So what do you got? I wrote down something and now I've now I've changed it. Uh, I think it's going to be. I don't know how low to make it. I don't know how low to actually go. Yeah. Uh, right, well, you go ahead because I want to start with mine's going to be higher than yours. So I'll, I want to end with slightly better. It's not going to be good news, but slightly better feelings. I'll say 66 wins. So they will not lose 100 games, but they will, but they will only win 66. Okay. I've got them at 70 wins. I've got them at a, a 70 win club. I had them at 74 before Freeland. Rogers and Oberg all went down. Uh, that's you know got me feeling a little bit, uh, a little bit tepid on that. I, I I'm I'm picking seventy with uh, a feeling of confidence that they can actually surpass that. And and I, I get where the you know all the other stuff is coming from, but again, it it comes down to the the starting pitching, which very rarely gets talked about. It's kind of boring to go over with all the things that are going on in every other element of the team that's so tumultuous, but then it's just like these guys can huck it. And so uh, I think they'll find their way into plenty of W's, not plenty of 70. <laughs> it's not, it's not, so it's uh, almost essentially what they were like in 2019. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, 71 wins know, in, in 2019 versus yeah. 70. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and obviously, you know, the sequencing there is going to be a, a bit different. That team was uh, got off to the terrible start because of the injuries and then actually got back over 500 and then really fell off at the end and, and ended up like holding open tryouts, whereas this team is kind of like holding open tryouts from the beginning. <laughs> so it's like they'll just uh, – so I, I think it'll, it'll be less roller coastery. And more just of a steady seventy win club. Yeah, for I, I think so, right? Like, like uh, they they might have a, a long losing streak. They might lose seven or eight in a row, um, but they might win five in a row. Like that could sure. be a, that could be another uh, thing to, to possibly calculate. But those things can be a little more flukier. So, no. so there you have it. Our 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 predictions for the the basic things for the Rockies, and uh, I predict. Fans are going to enjoy going to the ballpark regardless of the outcome. They That's will. something I think they we will. can all agree on. They will. They'll enjoy that. They'll enjoy going down to the DNVR bar. Uh, they're going to enjoy continuing to vote. We're down to the Elite Eight in our Mr. Rocky tournament. Make sure you're voting on that on Twitter. And we didn't or, have Bud Black in it. And here I we know. are saying that he's kind of one of the guys. But, yeah, it, it's going to be fun because we didn't really know what to expect for this tournament. Like, are people going to be like, you know what? I don't care about anybody on this team. I want to vote for the prospects because right. that's where my head's at. And some people voted that way. Other yeah. people just saying, look, look, it's still Trevor's team and whatever you want it to be for you. What are you most excited about this year? And it doesn't have to be the best player. There's, there's no right or wrong answer. It's, it's what's in your heart. What are you most excited about? So we're we're gonna keep having fun. So you gotta follow us on social media at Patrick D Lions at Drew Creaseman at DNVR underscore Rockies. You gotta subscribe to the DNVR.com so that you get all that written content plus discounts on hat shirts, masks, a bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar and a free shirt. Right now, if you do the annual, you get a free shirt and a free 
holistic stick from our friends at Holistic Wellness. We appreciate you all continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. We promise to continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Kreisman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.